Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur Podcast, where we're celebrating two years of jumping into the world of podcasting. We're looking back at some of the highlights, memorable moments, wild guests, and chatting about some of the things we've learnt along the way. I'm producer Dan, and I'm here with the eventful entrepreneur himself, Mr. Dodge Woodall. How are you, mate? I'm very good, mate. Good. Very good. How are you doing? Really well, thanks, mate. Crazy that it's been two years since we started this That's flown. podcast. Yeah. Has it flown? Yeah, it really has. Like every Wednesday, we do a podcast mm. for the last, what, 104 weeks? Consistently, never yeah. stopping. Before you know it, you're hitting the two year mark. It seems like only, uh, I know this is a, a lot of people say this, but it seems like only weeks ago we were celebrating the year. Yeah. Dodge. We often joke about the fact that just over two years ago, you didn't really know what a podcast was. How true is that? Very true. As you full, as you know full well, I know you were into podcasts, but I yeah. literally didn't have a Scooby. But when I did find it, I listened to Stephen Bartlett's podcast mm. and that triggered something for me back then. I was like, he's just speaking his mind in a microphone. Surely we can do that. You know, but we've, we've opened up the Black Book and got loads of uh, amazing guests over the last couple of years, which has been great. Yeah, and I hadn't listened to Stephen Bartlett's until quite a bit into the journey, like a few weeks after we started talking about it. And there is something like he's obviously major, majorly popular. Do, why do you think that is? What What do you think triggered that? I just think because he's real. He was straight. He's done very well for himself. Um, obviously, now he's really blown up since being on Dragon's Den. But pre Dragon's Den, you know, his podcast was flying. Mm -hmm. um, he's had some amazing guests on. Um, you know, he sold out for two hundred million pounds. So I guess he can <laughs> yeah. invite guests and fly them over and put them in limousines and yeah. what have you. You know, so and he's in central London, so mm. he ticked a lot of boxes. Mm. Um, he's had some, he's had some wonderful conversations with people, um, and I've enjoyed it. So genuinely, over two years ago, you could say I, I haven't really listened to a podcast. I don't actually know what it, I've heard of them. Obviously, you've yeah. heard of podcasts, but you didn't know specifically what they were, what they're about, or what you could achieve. Agree, madness. It was madness because yeah. it was like. And then all of a sudden in lockdown, I needed to find something to do. Mm. I needed to occupy my mind and get involved in something. So when, when we come up with the idea of wanting to do our own podcast, the event for entrepreneur, Dodge, you tell your story, that went viral. Then we've opened up my black book. Mm. I've never gone through an agent, never gone through any management. I've just gone through friends, friends of friends. Mm. You know, we've had some unbelievable guests on and it's been really powerful, Dan, mm. as you know. I remember during those early days of researching and planning, we spoke to a lot of people, friends of friends of yours and, yeah. and getting advice from people. Um, and a lot of the advice we kept hearing was don't rely on booking a guest every week because it will just dry up and you'll run out and then you'll have to start creating content and your audience will yeah. will plateau and, and then your podcast is over, basically. Yeah. Why did we ignore that advice? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because... The amount of people I've got in my phone. Yeah. You know, I've got 30 plus years of contacts. Everyone I meet is a contact. And I've been around the block down, obviously throwing festivals and parties and, and creating sportswear brands and building businesses and selling businesses. And I've met a lot of people over the years and um, that's helped. Yeah. That's massively helped. And, you know, I've gone all the way back for people I've known from 30, 40 years ago come on the podcast to people who have known for maybe six months or people, you get to a point when podcasting, people are sending you direct messages on Instagram saying, please, can I come on your podcast? And we're in that position, which is a, a delight. And, you know, when podcasting, when doing podcasting, going back to your point then, people are saying, don't do a guest every week. It becomes a ball lake. It's really hard work. We found it fairly easy. So far, so you know? good. Yeah. So I don't want to speak too soon. It's just, um, I guess we're lucky that we're well connected. And um, when you've got a black book of God knows how many years there, yeah. it's um, we, we've used it. And you can't always use your black book. And 
in any other business really apart from apart from podcasting and that black book's gone national and international so it, we've been very lucky mate mm. i think timing as well as luck so the, the timing of when we launched obviously a lot of interviews had to be done over zoom because we were in in, in lockdown and therefore people were more available mm. um so you could get some bigger names that you might not have got during the mm. the usual everyday hubbub that everyone's involved in um so that helped obviously you're contacts that you had from the many years of in events seeing everybody as a contact like you always said keeping that one phone book going for how decades since 1995 yeah i've changed my mobile since 95 yeah so not a lot of people have got that to fall back on Mm. so timing luck but also the the work that you've done on your your black book um all pulled together so a lot of the advice that people were given might be right for somebody just going into podcasting. If I was to start a podcast tomorrow with my black book, I wouldn't be able to do the same thing that we've done. Yeah. Um, so it, it that advice might be relevant for most people, but I think we ignored it because we had confidence in your black book mm. and the people you knew you could get hold of. Even if it wasn't, I know this person, they can come on. It, sometimes it was, I know this person who knows, knows this yeah, person. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel, I feel I'm, I'm one phone call away from anyone. Mm. And if you're not one phone call, I'm definitely two phone calls from yeah. anyone in the UK. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's worked for, to our favour. And, um, but if you are podcasting out there, it's a, it's a real fun hobby. Oh, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of people out there who, um, since being in the podcast world, who I don't trust, who are selling podcasting courses, saying that you can earn a hell of a lot of money from it. Be very, very wary of those people. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people launched podcasts during uh, the whole COVID thing. Like every man and his dog had had a podcast. Most aren't still going. A a lot are. But the the ones that are are the ones that were consistent. They knew what they wanted to do. They knew what what they wanted to achieve. And they knew what their product was, what they were what were they what they were producing yeah. and i think that's one thing to not to blow smoke up our own asses the one thing we did very well was we wanted to speak to eventful people who live eventful lives yeah. and and as broad as that sounds it just means you have a great conversation each week absolutely absolutely and it is it's that consistency it's like business you know you, you don't just throw a, a seed in the ground expect a big oak tree to arrive it takes time yeah. and you know from being going around the block or being around the block i guess dan is that i knew this was going to take time mm. but this blew up very very quickly um, to our surprise, mm. I guess because it was real, having real people and who've lived an eventful, who have all lived eventful lives, whether you are in any walk of life. And um, we've had some brilliant conversations. I've made some amazing friends from it, haven't we? Oh, definitely. You know, when you're when you put the headphones on and you're having an hour, hour and a half conversation with someone, taking them through their journey from where they grew up to their whole journey, how they become to where they became today, you end up people leave our podcast studio going, God, that was cathartic. Yeah. You know, you end up staying friends with these people. And we've had over 104 plus the Harry Redknapp show. We've, we've interviewed probably 130 odd people. Mm. You know, that's a lot of new people to meet and them open themselves up to their life um, in your hands. And, and how many people do you sit down and speak to face to face, no interruptions for an hour yeah. plus? You don't. Doesn't Everyone's mean. flicking on your yeah. phone or flicking on telly or having another conversation or having yeah. a text or you just don't even with your friends and family i think one of the one that hit me the most is when you sat down with your mum and dad those two you know you speak to your mum and dad you often do something else or you're sitting having dinner or whatever you never sit down look eye to eye and just talk for for an hour or two about them and recommend it even if no one's listening i recommend sitting down and just speaking to each other for an hour so speaking of guests mate what i've done is i've printed out all of the guests including the harry redknapp show guests have you um for you to look at i don't know if you've got your uh, peepers your glasses on (laughs) but let's have a let's have a brief look and uh, what i really wanted to talk about was some oh, of your wow. highlights you're some putting your highlights. all these out <laughs> yeah. 
well done. Yeah. <laughs> so, so obviously it's hard to remember every single guest. Although when you know when your memory's jogged, you think, wow, what what a guest. But having them in front of you really reminds you. Wow, wow, it's, it's mad to see that. In fact, because people say to me, who you have, who you've had on, I'm like, oh man, I can't even think. You're, like, you're free. I've had some you're... amazing ones. Yeah. Like, but who? It's actually when having it out like this has been brilliant. Who, when when I say to you, who's been like one of your favourite guests off the top of your head? Who would you usually fall back on? I, I get I get asked that a lot. I've I really enjoyed my conversation with Barry Hearn. Mm. Early doors. He was the first one we had on the podcast. Yeah, I loved that convo. He's a good mate as well. But he's been around the block. You know, he's the biggest sports promoter, independent sports promoter in the world. Mm. You know, Matchroom Sport with his son Eddie Hearn. He's built it up from nothing. A real, real good fella, good, good, good Cockney lad who's been there and got the T-shirt. Um, I think he set the tone in regards to guests. When we spoke to him, he was so generous with his time. Yeah. He was honest. He, was, he wasn't he was shy to share numbers yeah. or uh, speak the truth about certain situations. And he got gave us a lot of confidence in, okay, we can make this work. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, he's a, he's a real good bloke mm. at the same time as a multimillionaire, probably a billionaire at the moment now with, yeah. with, with, with all the boxing and everything else and the darts and the snooker. But actually his journey, he's just written a book at the moment which is an unbelievable, I've just listened to an audio on it's about nine hours. He has lived probably the most eventful life I've ever come across. Do we get a mention? Um, I'm on hour six at the moment. Oh, really? thrown in there. Oh, by the way, my mate Dodge, I did this podcast. <laughs> Big moment in my Big career. Big moment in my career, probably the biggest moment. <laughs> but yeah, just going through this list now, like Lewis Moody, England World Cup winner. Yeah. Amazing, talking about all the injuries he had and how he had no respect for his body. He earned his nickname. Yeah, Mad Dog. Yeah. You know, again, one of my, a very good friend of mine. But it was lovely to have all these people on. You go down, go down the list and Tony Truman, who owns Ocean Beach Club, O Beach Club in Ibiza. You know, we grew up in the same area. It was the era above me. Yeah. But we grew up in the same manner. And, um, you know, he's been, a, he's been throwing parties for 30 odd years. That's still a popular episode. People are still listening yeah. to that, even though it was nearly two years ago. Um, people still go back and listen to that. It's one of our, our, our evergreen episodes yeah. that keeps getting spikes yeah absolutely well he's a face he's yeah. become a massive face and what yeah. i like about it he's not a celebrity where people go oh when you're doing podcasting you must get the biggest celebs on yeah i don't want to go and get the biggest celebs people I have heard get, that i've heard that done <laughs> yeah, that yeah. t-shirt i like people who have lived mad lives mm. and i'm gonna un unlock uh all the information out of them so people the listeners are like wow mm. i can do that yeah. or wow i learned that lesson you know so uh and yeah. he was followed up by something completely different, Jay Morton, which... SAS, Jay yeah. Morton. Yeah. Wow, that was an unbelievable one as well. That yeah. was That's when he just come off the show, SAS, Who, Who Dares Wins. wins. That's it, yeah. um, that was a massive hit, that one. Um, obviously, look, the Don, Harry Redknapp. <laughs> yeah. You know, Harry doesn't do podcasts, no. interviews. And he, him and I had an amazing chat for an hour or so. Um, again, very good friend, top man. Um, and he's lived an eventful life. <laughs> what a pleasure spending time with him. Like a lot of these people, they t they leave all their stories for the episode and then done. We've had one recently that's similar to Harry and whatever you say to him, he's got a story for it. Yeah. Every single conversation you have, he goes, oh, that's like the time this. Yeah. this Who's that? <laughs> Someone who hasn't been actually announced yet. Really? Dave, Dave Courtney. Oh, Dave Courtney. Wow. We're, we're saving for later on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was a brilliant one. We had, what's that? A two hour one? Yeah. 
He come down from uh, Southeast London. Good and, lad, Dave. Yeah, and that's not coming out until uh, after this episode, but it's something to look forward to. A hundred percent. You have to listen to the Dave Courtney yeah. one when it comes out, and stay till the end because funny. One of, one of the stories at the end is is one of my yeah. all time favorite moments of the Same. podcast. Can, um, we make, can we mention that little story? <laughs> yeah, we should. Why don't we? Why don't we do, give him a little hint? Well, I'll give you a little hint. It's something to do with his honeymoon and uh, and a porn in Vegas and, uh, and a pornographic <laughs> movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's, Very it's funny. Cer- certainly worth holding on. Yeah. What's, that's one of the questions I want to ask you, actually, is who's one of the, who's the funniest guest? I think Harry's up there. I yeah, think, I think Dave's up there. Who else that m- people might not have listened to? As a funny guest. Funny guest, someone who's made you laugh, laugh out loud. Oh, well, let me just have a look through this list, Dan. This is actually amazing to see. Brandon Block was very funny. <laughs> Brandon Block was funny. Mate, because he yeah. is a mad, he's lived, he's a cat. He's got, yeah. he's had 10 lives, that fella. <laughs> But he's got some amazing stories as well. Example. He's a funny guy, yeah. Really funny bloke. And you know what What I liked about this episode with uh, Elliot? Obviously, he's been festivaling, headlining festivals. You know, he's had massive hits around the world. It, it, uh, extreme amounts of money. But he's really down to earth. Mm. And we delved deep into the actual the nuts and bolts of the music industry. Yeah. And he opened up for the first time ever about the music industry. And if you are into music, you've got to have listened to examples episode which is episode 52 52 that's it halfway through basically halfway he, was our, through. he was our near our year, year yeah. episode i think yeah i found dan kelsall very funny oh my god <laughs> dan kelsall what number is that that's uh number 78 78 dan kelsall was hilarious yeah straight I'm glad you mentioned that straight yeah. talking northerner from manchester yeah talking about he was a ceo of a marketing company called offended offended that's it so if you just imagine offended you're going to be offended and so he talks about all the different stunts he does for big companies around the UK. Yeah. Genius bloke. Got the most amazing brain on him. And that's something. That's one episode I would definitely go back and have a listen. I'd personally go back and have a listen to that one. Yeah, really good just one. To, just to trigger to trigger the mind again. Benjamin Dennehy, I think, is uh, a funny guy. <laughs> so our most hated sales trainer. The, most, the UK's most hated sales trainer. <laughs> yeah. He's a funny bloke. Yeah. And he says it how it is. So anyone out there in sales, go and have a listen to him because he is straight talking. He gets results. Mm. In a really funny way. And he's episode 60. Uh, was he 60, is he? 60, yeah. Mike Winnett. Mike, I was going to say, a friend of, of both of the previous mentions. Yeah. Uh, so they're obviously a funny group of guys. Yeah. Uh, Mike Winnett, in a different way, is funny as well. He's yeah. A very uh, acerbic wit and a, yeah, a guy straight. Dry humour. Yeah. He's, he's set up, I think, he's number 75 episode, Mike yes. Winnett. Yeah. He's an entrepreneur catching out contrepreneurs. Correct, yeah. So basically, he sees people selling stuff online who he thinks are absolutely blagging people, and he basically brings them to light. He calls them out and does a, a really funny YouTube video that's very well made. Um, he's actually, he, he took a break of a year or so, I think, and they relaunched a, a couple of weeks ago. Well, he got banned from YouTube, he got banned from Instagram, he got yeah. banned from LinkedIn, because mm-hmm. basically all these multimillionaires who were conning people um, obviously complained so much that, that people took Mike Winnett off all their platforms. Yeah. But he's back on now, and he's, yeah. he's created a new business called Views on My Own. That's right. Um, which is a marketing business, which is straight talking marketing. But yeah, he's he's got a brilliant story, and he's very very funny, yeah, funny. and he doesn't give a shit as well, which I like. <laughs> he just says it how it is. Who, who are you most starstruck by? Uh, uh, feel free to include the ones on you, that. Dan. <laughs> of course, <laughs> first episodes. So include the Harry Redknapp ones as well. I know mine was Rod Stewart, quite clearly. Yeah, Sir Rod Stewart. I don't really get starstruck if I'm honest with you. But if I'm just going to go through this list now. Piers Morgan, Rod Stewart, Mo Gilligan, Jamie Redknapp, Eddie Hearn, Sam Allardyce, Ramesh Ranganathan, 
Frankie Dettori, Tom Davis, Frank Lampard, Mark Wright. Wow. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one moment. Go on. I wouldn't call it starstruck, but I was like, "What the hell is going on in this office?" Go on. So you you had booked in Tony Truman, and uh... <laughs> I know what you're going to say, <laughs> mate. That is hilarious. So <laughs> I forgot about that. You booked in Tony Truman, and he turns up with an entourage of what three other people, two other yeah, people from EastEnders. Yeah, one, one of them was Robbie Jackson. Is that his name, Robbie yeah, Jackson? Yeah. So his, his name's not Dean Gaffney. His name's Dean Gaffney in real life. Right. Okay. But on EastEnders, he played Dean Gaffney. Um, oh, <laughs> he played Robbie Jackson. Do you remember when he turned up? Yeah. I was like, what? So it wasn't starstruck. It was just like, what the hell is going on in this office? <laughs> like, we're, we're still, although it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of the newer episodes. It was, we we're still, still relatively new to yeah. podcasting. He yeah. comes in the office and already excited about Tony Truman, amazing story. And he brings in Robbie Jackson in. And we're like, and we're like do we dare ask him where well are? Because it, it's become a bit of a joke that he, everyone asks yeah. him that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we're like, no, let's but leave star, it. Let's leave starstruck it. wise, mate, like, not really starstruck. But that sort of little rumbling in your stomach before you go on air, it's got to be Rod Stewart. Mm. It's got to yeah, be Rod Stewart just because he's one of the biggest A-listers in the world. Yeah. You know, done everything. And you know what I also have to say about Rod was he was the loveliest fella you could ever meet. It's mm. like having uh, a close brother or a close uncle or or just someone who just loves football, loves partying, gets it. He's partied harder than anyone I've ever come across. Yeah, probably. Um, and... What a, what a proper good bloke, I yeah. thought. And you know what? He, he, was, uh, he was someone who's got huge respect. And also on that episode, he invited Harry and I yeah. to go on his private jet. Because we were like, obviously, love our football. He goes, we'll invite you on our private jet and I'll take you to the old firm derby. Rangers, Glasgow Rangers yeah. versus Celtic. Yeah, you're still waiting on that. Come, yeah. on, come on, Ross. Rod, yeah, we'll, we'll tap you up on that. I forgot about that effect. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, mate, he was he was... He was up there, definitely. Piers yeah. Morgan, though. Yeah, that was different for me. That was, oh, it, how's this going to go? Because you see yeah. Piers Morgan when he eats someone alive and, and, yeah. and he goes on a certain rant. But when talking about sport, it, it was incredible. Mate, he is really, really sharp. Yeah. And I thought he was a lovely fellow. And I don't judge anyone, Dan, as you know. And people are like, oh, he's a he's a knobhead, he's this, he's either black, yeah. you either hate him or you like him or... Da -da. I thought he was really funny, really mm. genuine and a proper good bloke. And me and Harry and I afterwards and yourself were like, wow, what a great interview that yeah. was. He wasn't in the performative mode of playing the him. character of Piers Morgan, yeah. The, yeah. The, the debate guy. He, he was in mode of this, talking about passions of his. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he knew his football, he knew his cricket and he had some funny stories. Yeah. Listen, he loves, a, he loves a proper name drop. But yeah. do you know what yeah. I mean? But he's been hanging around with the, the global faces for, for years mm. and years and years, you know hanging around with Donald Trump and hanging around with Ronaldo and the, yeah. the, the list went on and on. Shane oh, he dropped Warren. Ronaldo a few times. He did, just, didn't It's he? good for us, but... Yeah, great, yeah it was <laughs> yeah. great for us, to be fair. Yeah, really good. Um, what about, obviously, if you, you're not starstruck necessarily, this is quite the opposite. Which which stories like took you by surprise and kind of put your jaw on the floor? Which ones blew your mind? Ambrose Mendy, mm. and that was episode 44, has had one of the maddest stories I've come across. Yeah. A black promoter growing up in East London, I think he's got six or seven brothers and sisters, and he talks about racism in sport and how he was the first black promoter. Um, he was the first one to look after the man to manage Paul Ince. Mm -hmm. um, he talks about him going to prison, racism in prison. He was so honest that it was jaw dropping. Yeah, 
Um, long old conversation as long well. Long conversation. Yeah. In fact, we put it in two parts. Yeah. It's a really, if you're out there, please go and have a listen to Amber as many. A lot of people might not know the name, but if you're in boxing, you'll know the name. Yeah. Um, he was meant to be the next Don King of the UK. Um, he put on, you know, looked after Nigel Ben, mm. um, put on the Nigel Ben fights. Unbelievable story. And it's very, very, very powerful and explicit as well. Yeah. And he doesn't hold back. And that to me was a, was a wonderful episode. One for me is um, Toby Gutteridge. Oh my God. That was uh, an emotional episode for sure. Mm. And this guy, Toby Gutteridge, is probably one of the most beautiful men you'll ever meet. Was shot in the neck in Afghanistan and he was paralyzed for life. So he comes to the studio and he doesn't, never leaves home. He comes to the studio and remember when he came in in his chair with his carer, he's got three carers 24 mm-hmm. 7 around him. Yeah. He can't move anything apart from his mouth and his head. Mm. And we went through the journey of what it's been like one when he got shot and when, then when he realised that he was paralysed for life and what his life has been like, mm. not being able to go to the toilet, not being able to do anything whatsoever. After being an elite operative yes. and, you know, really fit, outgoing, outdoorsy person. Hard as nails, to mentally nothing. tough. Yeah. And he just brought out his book, in fact. Mm. What a, what an episode! It, it's a it's a tearjerker for sure. That one that yeah. definitely was, and uh, wonderful human being as well. And yeah, that was a tearjerker. And some of the more um, other side of the law type ones have always uh, blown me away. What people have have got to and ended up in prison for? Yeah, um, which we've had a few uh, fascinating ones. Uh, which one jumps out of you in that kind well, of category? We've had a lot of ex international drug smugglers. <laughs> yeah. We've had a lot of gangsters. We've had a lot of very naughty people on the show and I love those ones mm. you know and they're, they're the ones that I get a big spring in my step when they're coming on and we bounce off each other And but there's been some stories like I think the one that really stands out well there's quite a few but Ray Bishop UK's most wanted man mm. um, done a hundred odd bank robberies with sawn off shotguns and then in prison and then drug smuggling and people smuggling and all sorts and on the run I think he was on the run I can't remember how long he was on the run for was it like a month or six weeks yeah. or something where the whole nation were after this one guy he was on TV he was on the headlines he was yeah. literally there. it was a proper manhunt yeah a proper manhunt and uh, that was a real eye opener wasn't it yeah um, and the one we've done lately as well Terry Ellis done a hundred million pound heist dressed up as police officers with police dogs going yeah. in and taking all the motherboards from Verizon I got anxiety listening to that story when he was yeah. talking about being in disguise and, and you find you found yourself siding with wanting them to get away, which yeah. is not in the headlines and stuff like that you hear, oh, these, these bad guys have got away with this, yeah. et cetera. When you hear both sides of the stories, you start, it starts blurring the lines. You're yeah. like, who, who should I be, yeah, siding, I be with siding with here? Yeah. And you, you hit all the effort that he went into professionally do this job. It wasn't Calculated. Just, yeah, don't go in with a gun and say, give me this he had He had no guns. Yeah. He had six of the elite underworld criminals with him who were all hard as nails, all handled themselves, big lumps. He looked at Verizon, he had a BT van and put a hole in the van and was outside Verizon for like a month mm. watching watching the security's movements. What he was doing, this audacious heist, um, he got paid a hell of a lot of money up front to do this heist, which some every underworld criminal looked at it thought are you mad there's yeah. no way you're getting away with that there's cctv in every single room times you know there must be a thousand cctv 
and he got away with it. And then the suggestion that it might have been an inside job type yes, right. thing. Yeah. And he went in there and said, oh, I think someone on your roof told security and then handcuffed all this, all, all those security. Mm. Got six, I think six men coming in and nicked all the motherboards, which just before, it was in 2008, just before the crash and all the JP Morgan information and other information. Mm. Um, wow, that was a ridiculous, that was a <laughs> was a crazy was plot and he had the audacity then to go and live on a canal boat when he was being hunted again mm. hunted around the whole of the uk by the police he was living on a canal boat outside the place where he did that <laughs> yeah, he thought the best place to hide <laughs> is where they're not going to look not going to look for me <laughs> but then he was telling the story about when he went into prison for 20 years and then he ended up going to grendon mm. which is the most dangerous prison that was some conversation, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that, that one was really tense. And and then at the end, really, there was some stories that he told that were the pro proper harrowing about the people that he was inside with. Yeah. I, I wanted to call out, actually, Carol Baskin, because i got to say... Hey, Carol. <laughs> hey, all you cats and kittens. Um, she, she's someone that you didn't know much about beforehand. No. But we en ended up in the interview, you'd obviously heard of her and Tiger King and all that lot, but you're not a massive TV watcher, no. so you hadn't gone through the whole lot. So therefore, you were going in asking questions yeah. that she might not have heard before yeah. we got some stuff out of her that you you don't hear anywhere yeah. else which i thought was amazing yeah. and the fact that she i think it was an hour and a half you spoke to her in the end and she was just she was just that person you see on the tv yeah. like really over the top kind of glazed uh, yeah you kind of don't know what's behind her, her behind her yeah. eyes and you can see why people were suspicious of her on that tv and yeah. they, they all kind of said like you know free tiger king carol killed her husband and yeah. all the tiktok songs that were trending about her but it was it was interesting seeing her in real time speaking yeah i saw a different side of her i i really enjoyed that conversation yeah i really enjoyed the episode because like you say i didn't i never watched it i just knew there was some guy wanting to kill this woman because and this woman apparently fed her husband to the tigers. <laughs> yeah. I thought, what's going What on earth is going on here? Are you for real? I remember Only seeing, in America. I remember seeing you realise, because obviously I'd seen Tiger King, so I knew what's going on. And then she'd reveal something and you'd go, hey, whoa, 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 wait. Because <laughs> she'd assumed you'd seen it. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, whoa, 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 Hold wait. On what? Hang on, this, this. And she went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're like, no. And uh, who's the guy on it? Joe Exotic. Yeah, so Joe Exotic. I knew there was this Joe Exotic. He got banged up because of the death threats to her. Yeah. It hired it hired somebody to kill her or, or multiple people to kill her. To kill her, and I was <laughs> like, "How are you feeling day to day?" She's like, "Well, I've got I've got hits on my head. I've got about four people wanting to kill me." Yeah, my God. And she was only still... in the <laughs> US of A. Yeah, and she was still going after them. All these people, yeah. it was because he wasn't the only one. There's other people threatening, and she's still going after. She them. didn't she's care. You know what? I actually busy. really enjoyed that conversation. And yeah. listen, I don't take sides in anyone. I like to hear a conversation. I judge for myself in my own mind to go. No, she's a good woman doing good stuff mm. and she's protecting tigers and she's protecting cats. Listen, I'm not saying she's whiter than white and cleaner than anything. But she might have killed her husband. She, who, who, knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, well let's get let's get uh, Joe Exotic side of the story uh, when he's when he's, when he's out, out in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, I've got another one going back to the naughty the naughty gangster ones and the and the rave scene was Andy Pritchard, yeah, who started the rave scene in the UK throwing illegal raves mm. back in the late 80s. Um, they were brilliant conversations. Yeah. And then, you know, as a promoter talking to a promoter, I can bounce, I can bounce. You mm. were talking about how much money you earn on the door, the music you were playing, what the what the vibe was like, uh, locations, hidden locations, making one phone call and everyone getting their cars around the M25 and boots to this big airfield. And they were unbelievable convos mm. with, with Andy. And then he obviously took the, the 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 route as a promoter. You can go down the route as a promoter for him parties in nightclubs because in the early 90s, everyone the nightclub scene come on, the rave scene went into the clubs and the acid house come about. 
and he went down the other route of the of the drugs and and one of the biggest drug smugglers ever in the UK. I think he got caught with a hundred million pounds worth of cocaine. <laughs> He was importing cocaine from South America in coconuts, yeah, <laughs> landing in the UK into, right, the, yeah. into the markets, into the into the uh, fruit and veg markets of the UK. And again, crazy story. Then he went to Jamaica, didn't he? And mm. got banged up there and married Miss Jamaica <laughs> and her kids with them and <laughs> had this big cannabis farm. It's and a Hollywood movie. It's literally Hollywood. They, yeah. He's making the Netflix and making Hollywood movie yeah. on, on him right now. So definitely yeah. go and check out that guys because that will blow you away. Andy Pritchard, which is. 53 and 54, which we actually did in a two, two-parter again. Two-parter there, which was great. He, he needed a two-parter. He did, didn't he? What about business minds? Who sticks out for you? I don't know who it is for me. We've had a lot of good business minds. We've had a lot of good entrepreneurs on here. Um, business minds, you can't beat Barry Hearn for me. Barry Hearn's up there, yeah. yeah, mate. He's, he's, he, and he keeps it straight. He's he's great to chat to about keeping business simple, which, which I, as you know, as I personally like. Um, what about Joe Foster? Joe Foster was... A really interesting conversation. He's mm. obviously the founder of Reebok. He's yeah. a billionaire, so having a chat with a billionaire was interesting as well. He just—you wouldn't know he's a billionaire. No, nope. he's just a normal lad from Bolton mm -hmm. who created a brand um, in the UK. It wasn't really working. It was kind of working in the eighties. He then took that brand Reebok to America. Aerobics back in the day was the big thing in America, and it just blew up. I think he went from eight. Don't quote me. I think he went from eight million to. 30 million overnight and then from 30 million to 300 and then to a yeah. billion and what a story a very humble humble lovely fellow he was MSL was one that <laughs> MSL stories man. I love you throwing these yeah. out at me because do you know what if someone said to me name the people on there I can't fully name yeah. but you throwing names at me just triggers straight away yeah, MSL's got a mad story um, not safe for work <laughs> hedonistic sex parties yeah. which are legal yeah in London and around the world. Mm. And oh, you think a woman who owns like sex parties, you think she's going to be mad into all that. She's yep. a mum of two or three, mm. lovely husband, but just found a gap in the market and, and, and jumped all over it. And people pay big money to be at these sex parties. But I said, really, you know, sex parties, people think it's just like a big massive orgy or something, but it's not. No. You're actually, she'll hire a private member's house and there'll be, you can't as a bloke just go in there. You've got to be invited by yeah. a female. This isn't no brothel situation. Yeah, it's no, it's no sort of. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's, a, it's high not. End. Yeah, it's, it's high end essentially. VIP. VVIP. Yeah. Naughty sex parties for naughty people <laughs> who just want to be naughty for the evening. But actually, when breaking it down, I said, "Well, how does it work then? Well, you walk in and you go to the bar, and you got a mask on. Mm. <laughs> the rules are that a bloke can't approach a woman. Yeah. A woman has to." approach a bloke mm. and a bloke can't go to that party by himself he has to be there with a woman you get signed in all your ids you, had your, you have all your mobiles taken off you and it was just people who want to express themselves in a having sex in open places <laughs> where people might be having yeah. a drink and a pint or a, a bottle of champagne and then all sorts of stuff's going on and yeah. each heard, their own dan i've heard the parties are amazing um, rumors have it <laughs> <laughs> coming to bournemouth sevens 2023 <laughs> V V V V V V I P. Don't don't because we will. Oh, no, don't. Please don't put that in my head, Dan. <laughs> um, what about sports stars? Because we we started off with quite a few good sporting names, and and that's continued. Which ones jump out of you? Trigger some for me, Dan. Quite like it when you trigger. Kelly Holmes. Kelly Holmes, lovely lady. 
focused that I've never met anyone so focused in my life. Even now, like I think it was 2004 and 2008, she won the gold medal mm-hmm. against against the odds. And she talks about all her mental battles and um, how she became a dame, mm. you know, and she's very inspiring. But Jesus, when you're speaking to her, she is focused. Yeah, Caroline Pierce, lovely, very good friend of mine, yeah. ex-gladiator. I think she was ICE. Yep. Loughborough University, mm-hmm. Loughborough P Sports Science with myself back in the late 90s, early 2000s. She had gone on to have an unbelievable career. She's out in the UFC. She's a uh, TV host. She's BT. She's on every channel. She's got her own sports clothing brand. She's she's fitness model. She's yeah. got everything. And then obviously we've got like rugby boys like Lewis Moody, Dylan Hartley, James Haskell. Wow. Yeah. Reeling off them is int- For me, obviously I grew up with with... Lewis Moody is obviously a friend of yours. So it's slightly yeah. different, but Lewis Moody is one of those guys I looked up to. Rugby World Cup and all that yeah, lot. Yeah. That was an incredible. He's incredible lived. Talent. He's lived a mad rugby life. Because you're not just talking about a player who looks after his body. You're talking about a player. You're not talking about a fly off or a, or, a, or a second row just doing nice tackles in the week and good tack, strong tackling. You're talking about a player who had not one bit of care for his own safety. Mm. In training, so I've seen him it. in training. So I've played with him at Leicester yeah. Tigers. There, see him training, flying into people on a Monday, on a Wednesday, on th- he did not care. Mm. He just wanted to win that ball and win the match for his team. He's the biggest team player I've ever come across in my life. A very humble man off mm. the field. On the field, you want him on your team. And but he you- stayed around. He stayed around afterwards as well and played table tennis with the guys out there for about an hour. So, yeah. and and he's, he's just again, again, one of those really nice guys. Yeah, he did cause me a lot of editing though because he told a load of stories about you that I couldn't share. On the, <laughs> on the no, thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, we go back. That, we Lewis. go back a long way, and we yeah. obviously we got when we see each other, we get carried away. Yeah, and we were obviously there was no booze involved at the time, so we got carried away about different stories. And as I was sitting, I was thinking, "Oh, mate, oh, Dan takes all these out." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Clip, clip." <laughs> but you know what? I, it was interesting to hear what he's gone through mm. winning the World Cup and then take leading England to another World Cup in 2011 under John O and everything that went on there, and then retiring straight away and how he dealt with retiring for someone in such a physical used to such physicality the whole time to yeah. all of a sudden not being able to smash people for fun. You know, he was talking about, it was going through his head when he was walking through supermarkets going, I just want to go and smash that person, take him out and throw yeah. him through the banana stand. Mm. I was like, what? And it would go, you know, yeah. and he talked about all these different injuries he's had and you've got to be mentally tough to come out of all those injuries mm. like re- he did. The retirement thing has become a theme with all of the sporting guests we've had mm. struggling with retirement, especially the rugby guys who kind of put their bodies on the line and suffer the physical consequences and no longer have the the extent of support they have during their career. Yeah, I agree. And Brett Gosper, obviously, head of world rugby at the time, yeah. uh, spoke about that. Um, that was that was incredible, speaking to somebody who's literally in charge of world CEO rugby. CEO of world rugby. They yeah. own the World Cups and yeah. the, the whole seven series, chatting to him. Yeah. He was a good guy. Yeah. But just going back to Lewis there, it, uh, a big part of his career as well has got to go to his wife, Annie. Mm. Like she has been beside him every minute of every day. And that was very clear. And when you're breaking it? your legs and breaking your arms and breaking your eye sockets and breaking your shoulders and snapping this and crack, you're going to be in dark places because when you're so competitive at Leicester Tigers in England, you're wanting that first team spot and you're sitting on the sideline. Mm. You need a good woman on your side and uh, he certainly's got that. And then obviously we had Dylan Hartley, ex-England captain. 60-week bands. Yeah, concussion and you know CTE and all that stuff, which again has become a bit of a theme. Yeah. Um, and and I think we're going to have future guests obviously talking about that Steve as well. Steve Thompson's coming on in fact yeah. to talk about that. But going back to Dylan Hartley there, he talks about 
his violence in rugby. You know, yeah. he grew up with violence in rugby. And then that was what it was like in the 90s and, 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 and noughties because there wasn't all the cameras everywhere. And he just grew up with that. And, and he was he was, he was on honest the, on, on the pitch with people that he wasn't the most talented and he wasn't yeah. the biggest and he needed to be better in some way. And the, Mentally, the way he was better was aggression, aggression and yeah. his mental toughness. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that, that was... Haskell that was, was good. Haskell was amazing. Haskell was great. Oh, you, get uh, what you, you get what you expect yeah. with Haskell. He, he knows how to talk. There's a lot of C-bombs, a lot of F-bombs, there's a lot of B-bombs. There's bombs everywhere, wasn't there? He didn't give a shit. No. But he, um, again... What what a what a, a great guy. Mm. Um DJ got him to DJ at Bourne Sevens for a couple of years. He's gone on to do MMA, he's gone on to do DJ at different festivals, he's become a face, he went on to the I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. It goes to the opening of an envelope. But fair <laughs> yeah, play yeah. to him, he's earning a pound note. I've got to give respect to him for that. People may not like him for that, but I have to give him huge respect because He's got to earn a pound note. He's got a family to feed. You know? He explains it on the podcast as well. Yeah. He's he's looking for his calling and he enjoys that side of things. Yeah. And that's why he does it. It's not he's not just about the money. He yeah. enjoys the the media side of things. Enjoys the fame. Yeah. Enjoys the buzz of that. In fact, he invited me on his podcast. Yes. That's which right. I really enjoyed. Yeah top bloke we've we've got a small uh niche of um brothers of famous footballers uh we've got a Giggs and a lineker a rodri and a wayne wow those were both very similar in in certain se uh, senses but very different in others yeah i found them really interesting to listen to yeah i found uh the, the rodri Giggs one i really enjoyed yeah because he was straight talking talking about how his brother was shagging his wife mm. for the past eight years without him knowing yeah and I was like, how on earth do you get away with that? He's like, his wife, uh, Rodri's wife was an estate agent. So they would meet at other people's houses in the lunchtime. The night. Rental properties. I was like, and, my yeah. God. But how he's dealt with it, you know, he went through a dark time because you, no one knows if you find out someone's sleeping with your wife and it's your own blood brother. Yeah. What must race through your mind? I do not know. Yeah, the betrayal on both ends from both his wife and his own brother. Oh, my God. Madness. He's a he's got a strong, a very strong mind. What I liked about him, I said to him, I think in the in the interview in the chat, I was like, "When's the last time you spoke to your brother?" Hmm. I spoke to him since this all come out when it came out of the press because it went worldwide press. You know, one of the biggest footballers in the world, Ryan Giggs, especially in the UK, he was on the front page of everything for weeks and weeks and weeks. Imagine how you would feel if you were Roger. I said, if you would you ever think about making up to him?" He was like, "No." Nah. Hmm. I said, what if he called you now? Would you pick up the phone? He went, yeah, I would. I thought that, wow. He's had a bit of a breakthrough there, yeah. you know. And he also talked about the fact that he needs him right now because yeah. obviously Brian Giggs was going through this whole court battle uh, because of his weird behaviour, yeah. uh, horrible behaviour. Which is just going on now. Yeah, exactly. So he, lost his, he lost the manager, the Welsh manager's yeah. job, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And he was like, he needs someone like me backing him yeah. and, and I would be that person. Yeah. But obviously, yeah, again, I hadn't heard him speak about any of that yeah. stuff before. No, he said, Roger, on it off air afterwards, like, mate, I've told you, you've got a lot of yeah. stuff out of me there. Um, but it was interesting that Roger's family have all gone against him. Yeah. Is that because Ryan's a multi-millionaire and they get looks? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. it, But it's a sad story, but it's one that is an eye-opener because that's mm. sort of like the news of the world made-up story, but it's actually true, you yeah. know? <laughs> Uh, one of the m more hard-hitting ones um, was one actually we released uh, this month, uh, which is uh, Becky Holston, uh, which is very different to anyone we've done, um, but it's impacted a lot of people. That's blown up. Mm. That's gone viral. You know, we put it out last Wednesday. It's, Wednesday, it's gone absolutely viral. And the title was um, The Dangers of Being in a Narcissistic Relationship. Mm. 
and she's a life coach and we just bounce back and forward and it's triggered a hell of a lot of females and males i've had so many messages i've had more messages from this episode than i have done on any other episode mm. of people reaching out on instagram any big names any like you know crazy stories it's actually about that personal thing yeah because uh, everybody knows we kept saying this beforehand everybody knows somebody or has been individually personally affected by a narcissistic relationship yeah. at some point um, so i think that's probably where the reactions are coming that's from. a real powerful one. it's triggered yeah. a lot of people and mm. it's interesting becky actually would call me the other day she says she's got so many people got in contact with her wanting to do one to one to ones with her because this episode has triggered that person mm. you know and the red flags are everywhere if you've got a friend out there who you know is uh, being controlled by a narcissist in their relationship please have a listen to this or if you might have even been in a relationship yourself that you need to get out of now or you were one in the past you will you will relate to a lot of stuff going on in here yeah i really really enjoyed that conversation yeah, it's fascinating it was fascinating yeah, yeah. Uh, another one that went viral that's worth uh, talking about yeah. is uh, sue anstis because uh, she, she messaged you didn't she yeah. <laughs> to say um Thank you. My my daughters now think I'm really cool because I'm going viral on TikTok. <laughs> I think on we put it on TikTok. We just launched TikTok that day. Yeah, chatted to her. I think like two point three million views of her TikTok just within then. a few days. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah. she's she's like the the queen of women's sport. Mm. So if you're listening out there, and women's sport is your thing. She goes deep into that about the disparity in in wage. Um, just the inequality in the sport, the TV, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Other than this list that we're looking at, do you have a, a, a dream guest, any living person that you'd most like to sit down with that we haven't managed to yet um, and have a long conversation with? Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, Conor yeah. McGregor and David Beckham. Mm. I'd love to interview both of them. Would love to. One we, day. we will one day. Yeah. And Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, that would be that'd Joe be Rogan, because he's out there. Mm. He's properly out there, but Conor McGregor is out there and... You know, David Beckham, he's he's an absolute legend of our country, you know. Uh, now, we've talked extensively about your time co-hosting the Harry Redknapp show mm. in, in previous episodes. But what did you learn throughout that experience, if anything? To be me. <laughs> Carry on interviewing like I'd interview anyone. Mm. Not scripted. Having a laugh. Asking questions that some people would be scared to ask. And just rolling with it and see what comes out the other end. You know, and Harry and I had a pr and yourself had a proper laugh doing that. Oh yeah, it was very intense. Mind, it was. cameras everywhere, back ready, to back, back to back, cut. Let's go. Yeah. It was very, very intense. And obviously, we were only eight episodes in. You know, so I've only done eight episodes before all of a sudden being invited to do the mm -hmm. co-host the Harry Redknapp show. So it was a dream come true. It was perfect timing because we just launched. Uh, I've gone on social media and launched my Instagram account. Mm -hmm set up the podcast so perfect timing for this thing that everyone's chatting about called personal branding <laughs> yeah. and what have you so you know we were on the back on the back of that on the back of gmtv this morning lorraine sky sports what every every program out there we were on yeah it was just it was nuts i was getting phone being bombarded with messages dodge you're on that dodge you're on it's like wow 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 gq magazine some newspaper at the time the list just went on and on. It was silly things like you. I got a message from you saying, "Oh, do you mind coming in on Friday evening because Harry's got an interview on the One Show and he needs somewhere to record." Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Record it. That's right. I was like, what? what? Yeah, <laughs> Harry's going. So it, yeah, it was a strange time and uh, lovely Loved bloke. Loved it. But it's the, the whole recording process was so much different to our one. We, we had quite relaxed. We like to make the guests feel relaxed, like you always say to them. Yeah. It's just like two mates having a beer in a pub, yeah. having a chat. Yeah. Uh, it didn't feel slightly, quite like that. It was very different, but but 
amazing. Amazing. Do you know what I loved about it? Obviously, we got what 12, 13 staff in in uh, working on Bournemouth Sevens yeah. Festival and the event crowd, our new online events course, and obviously our, the Eventful Entrepreneur podcast. There is that the staff were just like, oh my god, all these A-listers coming in. Harry would be there, feet up on the table. <laughs> On the chatting about football. Chatting, going on, having bets on his phone, having a laugh <laughs> and bringing everyone donuts in. And yeah. he's just one of the boys. Well, he is. He's one yeah. of the boys, isn't he? Very, and, very um, nice bloke. That was, a, that was a great, great experience. And uh, looking at podcasting as a whole, how has it affected your professional and personal life? It's been so positive. I didn't know that people walking down the street would come up to you and go, oh my God, I love your podcast. Or I'll be at festivals or I'll be somewhere or I'll be the kids uh, dropping down for you for school or wherever down the beach or on holiday people are like I love your podcast I love thank you for giving us that podcast I love how real it is that's been a an amazing thing because normally people come up to you and go oh, I love your festival mm. Bournemouth Sevens love that or I like you I love I like your vibe what you're like on LinkedIn or or whatever it may be but this podcast thing has blown up you know to be in the top 0.5% of podcasts globally um, and reaching in reaching 125 countries, Dan. Mm. Um, I, you know, it must be it must be what it's like to be an author or writing a book or an autobiography or something in the 90s when it was all about writing books. Everyone's got books now, mm. so it's different. But this is, seems like it's the new platform, and it impacts people and the way they think. Yeah, like well, it impacts people because yeah. you can, you know, you can go for an hour's drive and listen to one of our episodes mm. on podcast. You can go to the gym and be on the runner or lifting weights. You can do it, or you can go for a walk, or you can have clean the house and you, you know you can do other stuff while listening um, and we've affected a lot of people mm. you know a lot of people you learn a lot of nuggets everywhere on our podcasts on our episodes and that's what I keep getting back people who may be depressed or upset or people you know all of a sudden we can take them out of that because they've listened to an episode about mind health yeah. or mental health or whatever it may be or they've learned they're learning things and I've learned more I've, I, I have to say I've, I feel like I've upgraded my brain mm. over the last two years Dan I was thinking about this when I was writing that question. I was thinking, what have, what have I learned? I think one of the big ones that sticks out to me, I find myself checking myself sometimes, is a couple of times we've had guests coming in. I thought, oh, they're going to, I've heard about they're going to be a prick. Mm. And I've heard about <laughs> he's going to be a prick. Don't, not going to like him. And yeah. then you listen to him for an hour and you go, oh, I get it. Yeah. It's not coming from a place of malice. Yeah. You're trying to achieve this. And, yeah. and everyone else might say, oh, why have you got him in? Or why have you got her yeah. in? They're this and they're that. Yeah. And then you listen to their side of the story and you're like, Oh, okay. That that yeah. makes sense. So it's it's an age old thing, and it don't judge a book by its cover, or yeah. or you know don't believe the press. Everything you read in the press, but when you hear someone else's side of the story, you may oh, okay. Maybe I don't dislike them. I don't. I just don't like the picture of them that's being painted by everybody else. Yeah. Well, maybe it's maybe it's the world we're in. People judge. Yeah. People judge. Everyone judges. You know, someone walks into a room straight away. Someone looks them up and down. Look at their shoes. Look at their trade. Look at their belt. Look at their haircut. You, people are judging every yeah. minute of every day and. I try not to judge mm. and I guess having these people in I just give them the space to speak mm. I just take them on a journey and you know I, I know you always say to me God I don't know how you do this dodgy go unscripted you don't have notes in front of you and this that, that, how oh, do you, could, yeah. you know you're <laughs> I like, need to make my notes yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't I just like yeah. to do a couple of minutes who they are what they do right I get it I'm going to take them on a journey because I think why this podcast is blown up is because it is unscripted I'm not going in there with a with a sort of oh I need to ask this and this. I just want to take them on a journey and mm. see where it comes out, you know. And and 
it works. I always remember Dylan Hartley going, you've got no notes. Yeah, that's like, right. oh, Don't do notes. I, don't <laughs> I think we left that in the episode. It's funny. It's yeah. like, have you got no notes? No, mate. You I thought did... you'd forgot to yeah, put them on the table. You're right. like, no, I don't do them. I don't do notes. I just, because yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I like questions. I love people. Mm. And I'm curious. And I'll take you on a journey. And you'll speak, you'll say something. And as I'm talking to you, it will trigger one word that I'll go, right, I'm going to take you on this journey mm. now. I'll take you down there. And it's a nice open conversation. And it's easy listening. Yeah. You know, and... The problem is with notes, obviously, you're you're making a lot of presumptions as to where you want to take the conversation. Yeah. Whereas if if you're just doing it from the hip and asking questions from the conversation, you're having a proper conversation yeah. rather than one a conversation that you've planned. That's yeah. not what you'd do if you sat down in a pub with someone saying, right, question one, how's the wife? Question two, <laughs> how's your job going? Question three, you know, how's that Coke habit getting on? <laughs> you, you, you just talk, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, although some people might be able to hide those notes quite well, still it does restrict where you're going in the conversation because yeah. you can't then go, Oh, actually, secondary question to what you just asked. Yeah. And what you do quite a bit is, well, well, well hold on a sec. Yeah. Let's concentrate on that. Yeah. And I think people would not necessarily do that if you know, oh, I need to get to question three quickly. Yeah. Um, so let's stay on the rails. It allows you to detour and yeah. talk about stuff they might not have talked about before because it's not necessarily obvious. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> question, <Next> question two. Question <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think the the whole podcasting uh, situation here has has had a, a, a massive effect on both you and, and myself and yeah. and i think hopefully uh listeners out there as well you have a number number of ways of receiving feedback from uh, people the what the only one i see is reviews that we get through on apple podcasts and those have stunned me at certain points uh, throughout the the process how's that felt to see people's like true opinions of the podcast on there well, I think that's the only really way you can tell a podcast a, su a success of what how well that podcast is doing, mm. you know, and, and to have people over 500 and plus reviews, written reviews, you know, so for someone to go and write a review takes a lot, mm. you know, so someone can go, well, five star uh, or not do anything. They listen to, they, they like what they listen to, whether it's my podcast or other people, our podcast or other people's podcasts, but to have 500 plus written reviews of people we haven't got a clue about, that's really inspiring. So that's the one, when we get it, we ping through, we're like, wow, we're really, really making an impact on people here. Mm -hmm. And that is such a lovely feeling. And you also you also see the breadth of opinion as well. Certain people call out, oh, this is the type of episode I like. And uh, and there's another person saying the opposite. This is the kind of episode I like. Yeah. So it's showing the breadth of our types of episodes is obviously working as well, which is something we, we've discussed at length at different periods, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why we've gone down the route of anyone who's lived in an eventful life. Mm. You know, and everyone on there has lived an eventful life. And I think because we keep it so simple and straight talking and, and no bullshit and it's just straight to the point, um, people are really loving it. So mm. it's, it's it's a lovely feeling getting a review. So if you are out there and you have listened to the podcast and you haven't written a review, please feel free to write a review because we read every single one of them. And, and for us, it gives us that little spring in our step to keep going and pushing and bringing you more content like this. And it also helps other people to discover things that they might like. So seeing that a, a podcast has loads of positive reviews and you can tell when a review is real we've, yeah we've all seen podcasts out there that are doing something to to generate podcast well reviews. they're buying they're yeah. buying they're buying likes and buying five stars and you can tell that straight away if someone's got a thousand reviews yeah. and then you look at actually how many written reviews they got and they got like 30 written reviews you know they've gone and bought them and i just don't understand why people bother doing that really and um but i guess it's their own yeah um, but apple do pick up on that and i think people are so clued up these days they'll have a flick through they want to look at the bad reviews. Anyone can write a great review. 
But as you're flicking through, you're seeing great review after great review, and it's actually written. You're like, right, okay, this is the podcast I want to listen to, and that's really working well for us. And yeah. it's um, thank you everyone that has taken their time. It only takes sixty seconds, but mm. it really means a lot to us. It really does help. Uh, not only does it help us, uh, like you said, with the spring in the step, but it also helps other people seeing that, knowing this might be a podcast yeah. I'll be interested in. And I guess the knock-on effect, which I don't know too much about, is the algorithm do mm. really pick up on it when someone writes a written review. Yeah, you know, because it's real. Yeah. I do remember um, early on in uh, creating the podcast discussions of how often we're going to publish a, an episode. Some people do a few a week and, and just smash them out. Some people do like seasons. So they'll do like a, a batch of six and a batch of 12 and then have a break. Why did we decide to go every week, once a week, every Wednesday, pump them out at the same time every every week? I think it's just because we knew we had to do this. We were in for this for the long game. People mucking around with bi-weekly or monthlies and going doing seasons and then having three months off and then coming back again. You don't you lose that you lose that continuity. Mm. I also understand it does cost a lot of money and a lot of energy when you're mm. juggling other jobs and other stuff going on as well. And no excuses as well. Like we we have very busy parts. Obviously, owning a festival like you do, we have very busy parts of the year mm. coming into to May. Um, it's hard to. It would be easy just to say, right, we're going to take, mm. we're going to take the lead up to May off, mm. just have a break. Um, but no, no excuses. We'll, we'll make sure an episode goes out every week. Whether I, mean, I remember we published one the day after a festival, yeah. um, a couple of years and ago, and the day before the festival, and the day before the festival, <laughs> yeah. Which which sounds ridiculous. You know, you've got the, this big beast of a festival going on with you know thirty thousand people coming down, and you're and you're publishing, but. At the end of the day, our audience don't care. You know, yeah. A lot of our audience won't care what we're doing right now. They yeah. just want to hear the latest episode. So um, it would be silly to trash the continuity yeah. just because we're busy. Yeah. Other people want to hear it. Yeah, all about planning and discipline, mate. Yeah. It really is. What I, I saw a stat the other day, and I, I pulled it out straight away because I knew it, I knew you'd find it interesting. Is the, the number of podcast listeners in the UK alone has gone from 8.9 million in 2017, so just five years ago, to 21 million this year. It's wow. gone up 135% wow. increase. Uh, so podcasts are booming. Like Considering they're not new, it's not a new format, it's just mm. suddenly booming over the last uh, certain period, and people are starting to make money. Obviously, the unicorns are making money out mm. of it, and some people are thinking, oh, yeah, let's you know just jump on that. I can make mm. money out of podcasting. Not, that, not necessarily the case. Where do you see podcasting going? Not just for you, but on the whole, having looking at the industry, we, we, we know certain aspects of it. We're certainly not, you know, what I'd call experts in the field, but we know we know we know the field. Where do you see it going in the future? I think we're real embryonic stages. And I think it's one of those things I believe we've got in it got into it at the perfect time in two years ago. Mm -hmm. And if you speak to people who've had a podcast for four years, they wish they got it into it earlier. I think it's the perfect timing how we jumped on this and you know, we didn't go out there to do this to earn money, Then We didn't go out there going, right, we're going to have sponsorship and all these courses that people are blagging people into to buy a course off them to so that they can do a podcast and earn a shitload of money. It doesn't work like that because it's quite easy um, to get caught up in this podcast world because if you don't own your own studio, you've got to go and rent a studio. When you rent a studio, you've got to pay that studio to edit for you. If you then want to do video, you've got to give them another two, three hundred quid to do video. You've got to pay them more to cut it up and da-da-da. There's not many deep pockets out there who keep doing that, mm. you know. So um, we're lucky enough we've got a beautiful studio here and got our own cameras and got a full-time producer in yourself and a video editor and stuff. And, you know, we haven't gone out there and gone, right, we're going to turn this into a million-pound business and it will be what it will be. Mm. You know, it will take time. And when it takes time, that's cool with us because we're doing it for the right reasons and we're, we're teaching people 
and giving people these knowledge bombs that guests are giving that the listeners are like, wow, that's really improved my life or that's changed my life or wow, that's a mad story. I love that story and I can't wait. And the biggest thing that I've got from podcasting is the messages coming back going, I listened to one episode and I'm hooked. Mm. I now go binge listening, binge listening. That's the that's been a probably the nicest thing to hear because we didn't go out for people to go and binge listen, but they know our style. There's no airs and graces. I'm not afraid to ask anything. And I've had some unbelievable guests on who've lived seriously eventful lives. Um, so that combination, and actually instead of just going down one pigeonhole, we're opening ourselves up to everyone and everything. Um, and that keeps us on our toes. 100% agree. Mm. What I did want to say, actually, is if anyone's got any recommendations who they think would be a good a good guest for the show. Obviously, we're not always looking for massive A-list stars and stuff like that, just fascinating stories that people might want to hear. Um, so so just feel free to get in touch with us. Um, you can do that at uh, Dodge Waddle. Dodge Waddle. <laughs> Waddle. Dodge Waddle. Chris Waddle. Hello, Dodge Waddle. <laughs> Scott Shield. Chrissy Waddle. You can do that at uh, dodgewaddle.com forward slash waddle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you can do that at dodgewoodall.com forward slash ee um well dodge here's to another two years of good conversations thank you mate i cannot wait i've really enjoyed it and you've played a wonderful part in this dan i've enjoyed it mate every yeah, moment same same and who knows where this is going mate mm. who knows but do you know what it's a journey and the journey is where the fun's at Let's hope David uh, Beckham and Conor McGregor answer the call at some point. And Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan, yeah. yeah let's, mate. let's get him on. Yeah, I'd love to chat with all of those guys. And another one, just before I leave, the conversations I've had with my mum my dad on separate episodes and my sister, they're really powerful to me. Mm. Losing my mum this year, I can go back to that and just listen to her voice and that will never get taken away from me. Feel free to check out some of the recommendations uh, we've made here today. Uh, but that's uh, all for this episode. If you'd like to pose a question or suggest a topic for future inclusion, head to dodgewoodall.com forward slash EE or get in touch via Instagram at dodgewoodall. Also, Dodge is now on TikTok. So if you enjoyed this, go and check him out at dodgewoodall. See you next time.